Hey, I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we are the Arena Regulars. Welcome to our show. We've got some tipsy takes for MTG Arena, where our skills are limited. And our criticisms are constructive. Hey, Jeff. What's on tap? What are you drinking? Today I brought a beer from Elora, Ontario, from Elora Brewing Co., and it's called Elora Borealis. Okay. I've actually had this before. It's just a rock-solid pale ale, and uh, yeah, not much more to be said about that. It's just everything you could want out of a pale ale. Great. What uh, what percentage what percent we got there? Five point one. Five point one. How, how about you? What do you got? I, I got you beat. I'm a five point two. Right. Uh, this is Fat Tire. <laughs> from New Belgium Brewing Company. It's an amber ale. Uh, they started in my hometown, so it's one of my favorite beers. So I thought I should just bring that. Hey, cheers, bud. Cheers. So what is this? What are we doing? All right, so for those who don't know, which is all of you, because this is, is episode one. <laughs> it's everybody. Uh, the format of the show is we're gonna bring four beers each. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, we're only drinking three of them. And they're all okay. the same kind of beer. Right, so Zach brought four Fat Tires, I brought four Elora Borealises, and for this first segment of the show, we're going to drink the beer that we brought. Then we're going to have a brief intermission, and in our second part, we're going to switch beers. So I'm going to try the Fat Tire, he's going to try the Allura Borealis, and the reason we brought four each is for the third segment, we each get to choose whichever one we want, so we've got to make sure we have the extra on hand. Yeah, this, it's, it has kind of like a, which one's the best at the end, and right. decide which one we like the most, mm-hmm. um, or just which one we want. I guess that doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just which one are you feeling yeah. at the time? Yeah. And then there's extra beer for later, so exactly. yeah, that's always a good thing. But Zach, that's not all we're doing, right? Uh, we're not just talking about beer, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> what else are we talking about? We're talking about Magic the Gathering Arena. That's what this is about. What are the main topics for today? So today, as I pull up my show notes, because I'm not looking at them right now. <laughs> um, yeah, so we have lots of stuff. Basically, we just kind of want to hammer out what we're trying to do here. Yeah, so we'll talk a little bit of what, about what this podcast is about, why we decided to start it, and... Where we want to go with it, yeah. uh, future things, and while we're drinking beer, because, you know... Right. After that, we're going to cover... It was a pretty big Magic the Gathering Arena event that happened this past weekend. It happened this past weekend. The season grand finals, mm-hmm. so we have some thoughts about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was also a big ban, so we're recording on Tuesday. The banning was yesterday. Yeah, so that's been a huge shakeup. Yeah, much needed, and we'll we'll discuss what we think about it. Exactly. But before that, Zach, we got to rate these beers. Uh, we do have to rate these beers. I feel like I want to have a little bit more time with mine. Okay. I think I want to, before I get you to drink it, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what I think about it. All How right. About that? Okay. Okay. You let me know. All right. All right. I'll do that. So, uh, what, what, uh, what we're doing here is, um, through this, you know, the state of the world, I guess the pandemic and everything, um, you know, we can't play magic in person. There's really no paper events going on, um, which is good, actually. I mean, like, obviously we want yeah. everything to... We have, like, Spell Table, I think it's the closest you'll get. Yeah, you, you can you can play on which webcam. Which is not bad, honestly. I, yeah, have you tried it? Um, I've I've seen it, okay. so I've seen someone try I, it. I've heard people really <laughs> like it. I, um, I have some commander friends that want to play it. I haven't been able to do that specifically with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I... Well, I'm a Mac user, so I finally got to play Arena right. after so long... <laughs> Uh, it came out in June, and so now I'm playing, and it's awesome. 
It's yeah. so great. Arena so, is awesome. See, you didn't have to go through all the parts where it was pretty rocky. Yeah. But, uh, well, well. I know. I'm trying to make it sound like a positive that you've positive. been waiting for Arena for years. But. I mean, like, it, and I, it, it is fantastic. I'm very excited. Yeah, that's the bottom line. Arena is just great. It's so yeah. much fun. Um, you can draft whenever you want. You I can, can draft <laughs> whenever I'm, yeah. I draft maybe that's, so maybe, much. Maybe you could draft too The other long. day... <laughs> A friend of mine was asking me, like, he was like, okay, so I'm I'm about to do my seventh draft. Like, how many drafts have you done of Zendikar? And I looked up, I was like, oh, uh, 24. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay. I was like, yeah, wow, I didn't think it was that many, but I definitely will just crush some beers and draft like three times in a night. See, that's information I don't want access to. I don't yeah. want to know how many drafts I, I've done. I don't need to know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but anyway, just having everything at your fingertips, uh, being able to play with some of your friends. I know a lot of people actually don't utilize the friends bit on Arena, but it has been kind of fun. I've used it a few times. For sure, yeah. Um, even if you're just chatting with somebody while you're drafting. Yeah, it's mostly limited to that, and you can direct challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, but it will evolve, right? It Eventually, will Eventually, we will be able to start draft pods with our eight or seven other friends. Yeah. yeah. It's fantastic. But the big reason why we're talking about this is because... Well, because we can't play in person, mm-hmm. um, we've been playing a lot more on Arena, and it has kind of become our like bar. It's like our, yeah. it's like our neighborhood bar. It's, yeah, exactly. That we're regulars. We at. are regulars. <laughs> we're regulars at Arena. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, I, I get oh, it. Oh, like Arena yeah. regulars. Okay. okay. Yeah. Oh, so, anyways. <laughs> so, so why did we start this podcast? Well, I actually sort of. What was your idea? Yeah, we were actually uh, frolfing the time. <laughs> we were disc golfing. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, he loves it when I call it froth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I just had listened to some podcasts on the way over. I, I love listening to magic content, you know, when, whenever I can. Yeah. And all the podcasts I listen to are great, but I felt like there was something missing for me. So I wouldn't consider myself a totally competitive player. But I need some level of competition to really enjoy the game. You know, I never yeah. liked play, playing poker for fake chips. Or, oh, that you know, is like, fun. <laughs> <laughs> right. So there's nothing on the line, you know. There could be something lost. It is nice to play for something, even if it's just like a pack of cards or, or yeah, exactly. a beer. But I'm not one of these all-in competitive guys that wants to listen to people pour over deck lists of winning tournaments and really go into the ins. I find that interesting, but I felt like there was a middle ground that could be had. Most podcasts in the community, or most content in the community really, is either totally geared towards hyper-competitive players or totally geared towards the casual players who don't exactly. care at all about that stuff. Yeah. And I felt like there was some room for a middle ground. Exactly. Yeah, and Jeff had uh, brought this up to me, and at first I wasn't sure just because I know there's so much content out there. But once we started to kind of narrow it down, mm-hmm. this felt like there's possibly, well, I, I just, I'm not listening to this. Right. You know, also, there's all these events going on that I haven't really been a part of because none of the podcasts I was listening to knew anything about them. Like, they won't talk about them. Usually it's because they it wasn't the formats that they play. Right. But, it's been so nice to be able to like, I don't know, watch an actual tournament and then go and play that deck. Right. And then I just don't feel like I have that many people to talk to about it. So. So we're talking to you. So we're talking to you, <laughs> or, or we're talking to each other, really. Because right. you know. Well, we were going to do that anyway. So yeah, might exactly. As well record it. Might as well record it, right? Um, yeah, and I felt like Zach and I would make a perfect team because I think Zach. Is less co- competitive than me. I'm quite. I'm in terms of the their magic scene. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty casual. My experiences, <laughs> but still not totally all the way into. Well, I still like, like to win. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
But you, you enjoy playing competitive formats like Standard and Historic. Yeah, and it has been really fun because right. I haven't really tried to play those in years. Right. Like since I started playing, that's when I was like playing Standard. Mm-hmm. Or at the time it was like Type 2 or something. Type 2, geez. Yeah, it was like Type Type 1.5 or Type that's 2. That's a long time ago. Yeah, so the, that's when... I, and then I kind of stopped. Whatever. Right. Um, but but yeah, it's I think I just love being able to just like copy a deck list and then immediately play it and be like, wow, I am so much worse than the person that I just watched. Right. Like, this deck is not just easy to, to pilot. Exactly, yeah. And it really gives you perspective, I think. Yeah. Um, and the other main thing I noticed was that, and I'm sure you've noticed this too if you've been a big part of the MTG community, is it just has a tendency to get very negative very fast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Wizards has a really tough job. They, they do. have to balance this game, and then millions of people are playing millions of games within minutes of the set being released, and they had to predict what's going to happen. Now, whether you think Wizards did a, is doing a good job or not, basically all the flaws get pointed out, all the mistakes, mm-hmm. and really compounded, and people seem to almost take it personally. Yeah. You know, that Wizards has done some personal affront to them by printing Omnath or something, <laughs> or, or like, something that. like that. And... We just wanted, our main philosophy here is that, hey, Magic the Gathering, and in particular Magic the Gathering Arena, is a game. And in particular, it's a really fun game. It's a very fun game. And so we just want to remind you that this game is about fun, and it it has been a lot of fun in recent years. It's been a ton of fun. It's actually like, it's just so nice because there's a lot of fun things I can't do right now. Yeah. And this has been a saving grace. And so we're excited to try to put some positive first content into the community. Yeah, or at least try, you know. Right. <laughs> and that doesn't mean that we're never going to talk about stuff we don't like. Sure. Or there's never going to be anything negative that we say. It just means that we're going to approach it, you know, with an open mind. And Yeah. Yeah, and our focus is going to be on how fun magic is. And exactly. Not all the stuff. You could get the content about... Uh, people saying this card should have been banned and Wizards didn't ban it and they're going to ban it two yeah. months from or now. Or this card sucks and you, you should never pick it. Or right, you can all... get that elsewhere. You know, yeah. There's lots of places you can yeah. get that. We uh, also can't... Oh, I personally, I'm talking for myself, I can't tell you those things. Or I can just make blanket statements and they're going to be horribly wrong. Right. Um, well, that won't stop us from making yeah. blanket statements. <laughs> that are I don't horribly know why I wrong. That, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so Jeff, with that, I just want to... No, like, where did you start playing Magic? Like, what's your your Magic story? Good question. So, I started playing Magic as a kid. I feel like that happens with a lot of people. There's a lot of people. Um, Basically, one of my dad's best friends, his son was quite a bit older than me, and he was moving off to college, and he didn't want to hit this old box of Magic cards that... Uh, he didn't want to take with him. Oh, score. Just, yeah, just gave it to me. And so I started playing with my brother and then my friends. It was enough to build little decks out of and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I don't really remember what cards were in that, to be honest. But I remember a lot of Mercadian Masks cards. Okay. Some Invasion cards. All right. Because there's some that I see on the internet now. I'm like, oh, I remember that card oh, I, that from was, the box. Yeah, that's a box card. Right. It had like Fires of Yavimaya in it, which I later oh. learned was an awesome card. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, but then the first set I bought, uh, my mom took us to the store, and I bought uh, a pre-constructed deck, and that was Judgment. Mm. Yeah, so uh, my brother and I each bought a deck. Uh, mine was... Well, I don't actually remember which one was which, but mine—I'm <laughs> pretty sure mine was uh, was green white. Okay, um, and it had to do with this eternal theme where the 
the creatures, they die like three times before they die, but they keep coming back with fewer plus one, plus one counters. Oh, yeah, like yeah. those spirits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some sort of, yeah something like that. Yeah, that's yeah. very white-green. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I did eventually go to a pre-release, and that was Dark Steel. Ooh. And that, that was when oh. I was maybe 12, something Lucky. like that. And that was a lot of fun. Uh, but then I didn't play for a while. You know, I was about tenure. I was going into high school. Mm -hmm. Other things took priority, and I didn't really play in, uh, in undergraduate at all either. Um, so I started playing again during Cons of Tarkir, and I've pretty nice. much not stopped playing since. I've started dipping in the amount that I played during sets that I enjoyed less, mm -hmm. but for the most part, I've been playing since Cons of Tarkir. Nice. And since, since, well, also, since you've been playing Arena, though, have you been more constant, or has it been, have uh, there been sets in Arena's lifetime that you're like, eh, I'm just going to step out of this one? For, Arena tends to be more whether I enjoy drafting the set. Got so it. I didn't really enjoy drafting Ikoria that much, if I'm mm, being honest. So okay. I didn't really play a lot Interesting. Because sometimes you can get sick of one format. It's okay. Sure. Arena has two other ones that you can that jump you can, into. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, m even more than that. Uh, but I always need the, the limited format to kind to, of... To really get you excited about it? Yeah. that's also how you kind of collect cards in Arena. Exactly. Well. So even though Ikoria I actually had a lot of really cool cards for Constructed, yeah. I just didn't know them because I wasn't drafting and seeing them. And, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I didn't play a ton of Ikoria just because I, well, the couldn't. pandemic, and I couldn't. <laughs> uh, so I really started playing in Arena, obviously, in the, um, for M21. Um but yeah, I started playing Magic very similarly to you. Well, besides the awesome big box of cards. <laughs> That's great. Free stuff. Um, yeah, I had I was really into a lot of trading card games when I was a kid. I played... Uh, well, I, I didn't really play. I just had a bunch of different trades. I just right. liked cards. I'm sure you didn't even play by the right rules when you yeah, did Yeah, I definitely didn't know how to play Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh! very well. Um, I had Harry Potter trading cards. Those were actually... I did know how to play that game. Okay. And nobody... Nobody I didn't even know such a game existed. Oh, it was great. It's um, it's just mono mill. Every deck is a mill deck, essentially. It's great. Uh, so your deck is your life total. Yes, in, in the entire game, right. um, which I thought was really cool, which then leads me to like mill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it doesn't come straight for that, but whatever. Um, no, I, I started playing an Onslaught block. Okay. Um, I Just had, after my judgment. Yeah, just, just after you started. Um, I had... My uh, grandfather passed away, and I was going to visit my cousins, and I don't really see them very often. Okay. And they had taught me how to play Magic. It was like, oh, this sweet new game they wanted to teach me. And I immediately fell in love with it. Uh, the first pack I ever bought was a Legion's pack. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, which was great. I Got a lot of creatures. I didn't realize it was only creatures at the time. <laughs> um, but no, that was awesome. Uh, my first rare was Essence Sliver. Um, which actually I hated because it was white and I didn't like any white cards and I wanted all black cards. That was my favorite color. Um, and that's my favorite color. Yeah. Hey, look at that. Um, but yeah, and then I played, I taught my friends how to play um, and we played through Kamigawa essentially and then I would buy packs randomly after I kind of stopped playing. When I was in college, somebody on my floor played and so we got together and we would just play big free-for-all matches with a bunch of Everyone was stoned but me, so yeah. I would win a, a good amount of the time. I also played um, uh, Golgari Infect, <laughs> so oh, <geez. laughs> and uh, so that was pretty fun. Um, and then I stopped for a while, uh, and I moved to Toronto about three years ago, mm -hmm. and I didn't know anybody, so I was like, "Hey, I'll just start going to draft nights, and hopefully, I'll meet people." And then I met Jeff. 
Right. I guess we should uh, should tell that story. Oh yeah, yeah. We know each other from uh, this this uh, this place where you draft and you drink. Right. That explains we, the podcast. It explains the podcast. Yeah. So it was called Draft and Draft, and yeah. spend slightly more than your average amount for a draft, but not quite as much as it would cost for a draft and a beer. Exactly. And you would get both. Yeah. Uh, and it sort of phased in and out of being sanctioned by Wizards. Went from unofficial to official, depending on Wizards' policies. Yeah. Because they don't want to exclude people who can't drink. Or people that wouldn't be old enough to kind of be in those settings. Right. I don't think it was specifically for the place we were at. No, no, because, just the general guidelines. Yeah, just the general yeah. thing. Because where we were at, it was kind of more of like a... It wasn't really a bar. It was like a game no, no. store. Yeah. Anyone would have been allowed to. Anyone could be there. Um, And if they didn't drink, they would get some other beverage from the menu. Yeah, which isn't as good of a deal, but, you know, it's still fine. Well, we wanted everyone to play with us. For sure, yeah. But, yeah, that's how we met, so you can... That, that's the roots there. That's the roots. Beers and beers and cards. Now, what about your play style, Zach? What kind of oh, decks gosh. do you enjoy? What's your favorite card? So, Give me the goods here. Well, I said my favorite color is black. Yeah. Yours is also black. I think uh, the first deck I ever built um, was a mono black zombies deck. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I was... My favorite cards were... And they still have a special place in my heart. It's hard with all... I mean, playing through a bunch of cards, all these kind of things that are my favorite. Mm-hmm. But um, I think... The card Nuntuko Husk. Okay. That is like one of my favorite cards. Also because damage would still go on the stack at the time. Right. <laughs> so I remember learning how that worked at a tournament once. Uh, somebody taught me how my cards actually were supposed to play. And right. I was like, what? And then after that, my friends would never believe me. They're like, no, that that's not fair. You can't put damage on the stack and then sacrifice the creature. I was like, yes, I can. Which is exactly why Wizards <laughs> changed the rules. Yeah. Because nobody believed you. When yeah, you nobody would believe me. Because it's not intuitive. Yeah, it's not intuitive. It's really complicated and uh, makes sacrificing stuff very good. It's still um, very good. Well, Sacramento stuff is still very good, but it's much better when you also get to kill something right. on the way out. Um, but yeah, uh, that and then Festering Goblin. I don't know if you know this card. Oh, I know. You know? Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's just a one mana, one, one. Uh, that I when think it, it was in a recent core set, maybe. No, there's cards like it. If, okay. uh, Festering Mummy does the same thing, I think. But Festering Goblin's just the one, one for one. It's just a one, one for one, and when it dies, it gives it a creature minus one, minus one. Well, you know, maybe in Amon Cat, there was something that put a minus one, minus one. Exactly. Yeah, I think that was the Mummy very one. Very That was card. very, or yeah, it was like, I think it was still festering because they're referring right. to the goblin. Mm-hmm. But the art on that card is just like this little goblin. And he's just well, I'm thinking of Goblin Arsonist as the similar card that got reprinted yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. a course. No, no, not that one. Um, yeah, oh, but does the similar thing. Yeah. yeah, it deals one damage when it yeah, does. Yeah, so it's basically yeah. the same. I just like the art on Festering Goblin. It's just like this guy walking away from a town. Oh, I remember the card, yeah. And he just looks like everyone just shunned him. Um, which is... Anyway. I played um, with, all, with those cards a lot. Of yeah. Them. But what about you? I mean, like, my play style changes. I don't really... I always feel like I'm kind of all over the place. I just pick decks that look interesting. That's great. Um... But what about you? So black. Black's your favorite color. Black's my favorite color. And interestingly, I don't like green that much as a color. Mm. But my favorite two-color combination by far is green-black. Interesting. Yeah. That's so strange. Because it's just I, the kind of decks I like to play. That I always go so far away from that. Right. <laughs> well, see, it's gotten some bad rap recently. Because they printed a lot of green-blue cards. And yeah. then black's always the best color to just throw in with that. Because you can kill stuff now. Yeah. And so people are always complaining, oh, green, black, oh, Sultai, you know, it's like, but hey, it's not our fault. It's not Golgari's fault. Yeah, it's yeah. Simic's fault. It's Simic's fault. Yeah, they're it's printing some the, Simic the, cards. Just like busted Simic cards. Yeah. But and then, throw some black and in And then Simic can't kill stuff, so they throw black cards in. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so my favorite type of deck would be like a synergistic mid-range deck. Gotcha. So something that is not... Because mid-range tends to just be all the best cards. Mm -hmm. I like the idea of a mid-range deck that taps out and and tries to think about what its opponent's game plan is and varies between playing the control and aggro Mm -hmm. role. Uh, But I don't like to just throw together the best cards. I like to have some synergy there. So the best example I can think of in recent years would be the green-black Delirium deck from... Okay. A few years ago, yeah, where for... you're trying to get all these different card types into your deck, mm-hmm. and you're trying to mill yourself over, into the and yard, that yeah. turns your cards into individually powerful yeah. cards. That I did like that, though. Yeah, I... the deck ended up getting a bad rap again because it was too good because of Emrakul the Promised End. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> when I saw that card printed, I was like, no, my green-black deck now is not something I can play because it's going to be the best. <laughs> 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 oh, that's oh, that's funny. Um, so what what kind of like formats were you playing? What were, like what's your big background when you were playing strong magic throughout your history? Kind of like yeah. So I was I was always the guy that would show up to the competitive event with a brew. That's kind of mm. my my thing. Or a brewmaster. And I started out with standard, right? Because okay. I picked up cons of Tarkir. I just started. You know, playing that, and I started built a standard deck and mm-hmm. took it to some competitive events, uh, and then I slowly kind of got a little bit into modern for a while because I had all the fetch lands from playing Cons of Tarkir. Yeah. Well, I had the oh. half the fetch lands. Yeah, half the fetch lands. <laughs> but that's usually good enough if you have yeah, a few shock lands. Exactly. Um, so I played a little bit of modern, um, but now that Arena's out, I play Arena. So <laughs> yeah, just Arena. I, I built up this whole Magic Online collection that I never never use now. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Can you just sell those? or? Yeah, maybe. But then I'm always like, oh, what if I get really into Pioneer? Because I did get into Pioneer for a little bit. Okay. And then, I think that's and a, then my I'm, favorite deck, Black Green Midrange, got too good. And I, I don't like it. <laughs> you want to play? I need to bring a brew, you know? <laughs> yeah, something something people haven't seen. I liked playing Sultai before, you know, Sultai won the oh, players' tour. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, so hipster. <laughs> I like Before this they book. printed Uro, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, you know, I, I put in the show notes the treasure map is my favorite card. Oh. Which I guess it it might be, but there's, it's close competition between treasure map and Seder Wayfinder. God, I love Seder Wayfinder. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I know people really like that card. I don't personally, but that <laughs> is... does it all. <laughs> but treasure map, I think, still wins out just because of the flavor on it. Yeah, like you, you get the three treasures when you flip it. Mm-hmm. You found the treasure cove, and now you get these three treasures, and yeah. it pays you off for that. I think there was a lot of cool stuff from Mixalon that did things like that. Yeah, I just thought that card was so evocative, and it was good, but not too good. Yeah, you know, I know there's like so many people that weren't huge fans of Mixalon, mainly because the limited the limited format was not that fun. It wasn't that fun. Um, I was hoping that it was going to be a little bit more like. Well, Onslaught Block or any tribal that Right. It was tribal done wrong. Yeah. We're, we're in Zendikar where tribal done rising. right. Exactly. I would, yeah. I think they, the same they, thing. I think they did a really good job with this because, you know, all the tribes are, some of the cards are trying to do different things. So it's not just jam all your pirates together. Right. It's like, wait, does this wizard want to be with wizards or does this wizard want to be with other creatures? Exactly. Some of them want you to have more wizards and some of them want you to have warriors and thieves yeah, or so you, rogues and yeah, yeah all this stuff so you have to really think about it mm-hmm. which which is what it feels like 
is a is a strong tribal set. Right. Ixalan was a bit, oh, I picked two good merfolk. Now I just take every merfolk card I see for the rest yeah, of the draft. Basically. Yeah. And so that was like it was fine. I mean, it, it is a good set for teaching people how to draft. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. Like if Right. Besides like a core set, um, if you're trying to get people to learn how to draft, it's pretty it's a simple way to be like, hey, you open that three color dinosaur, just pick all the dinosaurs of those colors. It was also just a bit too aggressive. Like, I like formats where aggro is a viable strategy, mm-hmm. but not the only strategy. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, Ixalan was a bit... Was I thought, quite aggressive, because it had that 5-5 five, five haste trample uncommon for 5. Right. It's like, this used to be a rare. But now it's, yeah, I mean, that will happen. But I remember in, in Rivals, you could play, like, white... Uh, sorry. No, um, yeah, when Rivals you, came out, it slowed the format down. Really? Because I, I felt like it sped it up a little bit. Because okay. you could play blue-red uh, auras... Because there was a lot of like... Oh yeah, auras were a big thing. Auras were... Like, because then you didn't... Because, ha- and that's because the removal was so bad in Ixalan. Was it? I guess, m- maybe. I just remember playing auras decks and being like, this is dope. <laughs> I think it was when they were deciding that we need better creatures and worse removal. And so the best removal was like five mana, sorcery speed. Oh, that, yeah. Anyways, we're not here to talk about Ixalan. We're, we're really not here to talk about Ixalan, but that was a... Yeah. Um, yeah, but my favorite format definitely varies. You know, Sometimes I get really into standard, Yeah. then I go super into historic, and then I just want to draft all the time, and I kind yeah. of bounce around uh, yeah. between the different arena formats. Yeah, I mean, it's been so nice playing arena um, just because... Well, it's standard just seems so easy to get into because... I have the cards now. Like I, I put in the time and and some some money, and I have the pieces I need for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can just like kind of play whatever deck you feel like. Uh, same with historic. It's it's you just you don't. There's less feel bads. Like if a card's about to be banned, I just try to craft as many as I can so that I'll get the wild cards back. Yeah. And then have them for historic or right. anything. We'll have some tips on stuff like that. Yeah. Later, um, future episodes. But but it just. As far as paper goes, uh, I'm I mainly play commander in paper. Mm-hmm. Actually, I only play commander in paper. Uh, besides, well, because you can't really play anywhere else. Right. <laughs> but um, but that's what my collection, my card, my even physical, before COVID, even you before COVID and all that. Commander in paper. Yeah, mainly I was playing commander, and I mm-hmm. just started playing standard and historic because of, well, literally because of arena. Right. Anyway, how's your beer doing? Uh, I'm almost done. Are you ready to give me that rating? Just about. I think so. This. I've had this beer so many times. Mm-hmm. It is like nice and light, a little sweet. There's like kind of like that like multi kind of caramelly feel to it, like an amber. Usually, what I want in an amber is going to be a little bit of the sweetness. Mm-hmm. Um, Ambers in general are just super underrated. I think. I think they're super yeah. underrated. Like I'm a big fan of them, mm-hmm. um, especially this one because it's from my hometown in Colorado. Right. Um, so it has that nostalgia factor. It has the nostalgia factor. Um, I will talk about it all the time. <laughs> I, <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. Jeff knows. Can confirm. He'll, he'll always make jokes about yeah, it because yeah. um, I talk about it so much. Um, and so I'm going to give this a mythic. This is a beer okay. I will drink every day of the week. Um, I will bring it to parties. I will teach people about it. It's one of my favorite beers. Um I can't have enough of them in my fridge. Awesome. So it's it goes straight to mythic. It's where it's where I want beer to be. You know. Perfect. This is your reward when you hit mythic, mm-hmm. right? You crack one of those. Yeah. So for me, this Allura Borealis, like I said, it's just an absolute rock solid pale ale. 
Uh, but there's nothing, nothing crazy going on here. I mm. mean, I love the name. Yeah. I think it tastes great. I think this is just a, a firm sort of platinum here, you know. Yeah. Really good. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with it. Uh, but it doesn't wow me. Gotcha. Okay. So maybe we have to explain the rating system. Yeah, so, oh yeah, we should probably talk about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, they may have figured it out, but... You may have figured it out, but we are going to rate all of our beers on the tier system uh, in the game. Right. So, so we have bronze, silver, gold, platinum, diamond, mythic. Yeah. And when we need some clarification, we'll say, like, platinum one. To mean, like, it's right on the cusp it's of diamond. almost there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we, we also haven't really decided... Well, this is kind of a we're working on this. Yeah, system. this is going to be a fluid scale. Yeah, and and uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But um, basically, there's there's two kind of factors, which is like, is this beer the best it can be? Is right. it like mythic level, right there? You right. know, is it mythic number one? Is right. this the could best be a pure kind of one to ten scale? Well, that refactored yeah. for for six, but yeah, basically, right. uh, there's that way. Or we also talk about. Is this the beer you want to be drinking in that tier trying to get to the next? Like, let's say I'm up late, you know, I'm just having fun playing standard. I'm in platinum. Is this the kind of beer I'd be drinking? You know, I think so. I think so. Yeah, yeah, I I could see that. Yeah. But, you know, maybe you have this 10% bomb that you really like, but you you might not drink that in diamond because it really hurts your chances of getting to mythic. Yeah, those nights where you're like, okay, I'm trying to rank up because I want to be able to get into mythic right before, like, the season ends or something. Mm -hmm. Um, Probably don't want to drink that 10%. Right. Right? That's that's good for the next day when the season has changed and you can do whatever you want. So we're always going to be balancing those factors. So. Yeah, we're we're it's it's a work in progress. Pro- progress. Yeah, it's, it's a, a work, work in progress. Um, yeah, but I think it's time. I'm ready for another. It's a beer break. Okay, it's a beer break. Well, Zach, I want to start by saying thanks for the fat tire. Hey, thank you for the Alora Borealis. There we go. Let's dig in. All right. Okay. I see it. You've had a fat tire before, yeah? Yeah, of course. Yeah, you've, okay. you've forced it down my foot several times. <laughs> yeah, it's um, good. This is nice. You brought a brought a nice platinum. Right? Isn't platinum just the perfect? Well, yeah, we'll see. I, I think that's how I feel about it, but I might feel differently than you. All right. Let me know. Yeah. Anyway, here we move on to the next part of our first show. Yeah. Did we say it was our first show? Yeah, yeah, we mentioned that. I can't remember. Too many beers. Yeah. It's been one. It's been one. <laughs> there was a pre-show beer you didn't know about. You're not supposed to let them behind the scenes. Yeah, behind the scenes. So we want to talk about the this weekend's event, the season grand finals. Grand finals. So the competitive scene in Magic these days is very complicated. There's a ton of different events that qualify for a ton of different events. Very confusing. What you need to know is that this one was the last one of the season. It's the big one. It is right? a big this one. is the biggest prize pool. Um Everyone, in, like, there's only 32 competitors. Mm-hmm. They had to go through a, a gauntlet of some sort to qualify. Yeah, like some, you had to like be in the top of other tournaments to get into this tournament. Right. And it was played entirely on Magic Arena. Mm-hmm. It was split format, so it was kind of half standard, half historic, except that the top eight was all standard. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the setup for that. Um, but which I thought was pretty cool. Right. Being a person who hasn't watched a lot of competitive magic, mm-hmm. I thought the split format was pretty interesting to watch. Uh, especially cuz I, I think the first four games were historic and then it was two standard on the first day. It might have been 3 and 3, but definitely historic first. Yeah, it was like standard. historic and then standard and then standard and then historic the right. next day. Yeah. 
Um, and then standard for the top eight. Yes, and then yeah. standard for the top eight, um, which we saw a lot of. Well, I mean, did you get to watch the whole tournament? I did not. So uh, for those who don't know, this weekend that this event took place on was Canadian Thanksgiving, yeah. and I am Canadian. So I was otherwise, I was preoccupied. Disposed. Yeah. Predisposed. Visiting just immediate family. I was not being reckless, but we had a small Thanksgiving celebration. Mm -hmm. I was visiting family. And so I didn't really get to watch it. I did get to sort of catch the, the VODs and watch a little bit. Yeah. Kind of, and then pick and choose kind of different things. You were also like keeping up with uh, the scores and stuff because we were, we were uh, texting Yeah, yeah, it, exactly. So. I asked you not to tell me the outcome of the Autumn Burchett, Seth Matthews. Yes, I, and I did not. Right. Um, which uh, was great. I mean, like, I, I had watched some of it as well. I was kind of jumping in and out because I was helping with Thanksgiving preparations of our own. Um, I'm American though, so it's just my, my fiance, she was just, well, we were making a, a bunch of stuff, but it was just us. So I didn't have as many people to talk to. So I got to kind of jump away more often. Um, but it actually happened, uh, it, it turned, it, it worked itself out that every time I turned on the broadcast, it was always like Autumn Burchette was playing. Right. I was like, well, I have well, to, they were doing very I, well. I have to watch them play. And so like, I would just tell my fiance like, Oh, Autumn, Autumn's playing right now. So I'm just <laughs> going to watch this real right. quick. So I got to see a lot of Autumn play, uh, which was a treat. Yeah. Holy moly. They're amazing. Autumn is so good. They are just a very good <laughs> magic player for sure. Oh man. So you were watching kind of live and I got the, VODs yes, later post, on. Post stuff. Yep. Was there anything, uh, anything you particularly enjoyed? I mean, did you you watched the Autumn versus Seth match? I did. I did. That was great. Um, that was they were playing. Um, I think it was standard. I think they were so playing. It would have been on Gruel. Yeah. So uh, they were on Gruel. Seth was on uh, Demir Rogues, which I thought was. I mean, Rogues is in quotation marks. Yeah, it, it's really just it's Demir control. Um, there's, f like, what, four rogues in the deck, I think? There's two eight. different rogues, eight total. Yeah, eight total. So, um, that's what I meant, sorry. Mm -hmm. Four of each. Um, yeah, and uh, and I, I like that. I've been playing Demir Rogues a lot in the last, well, since Zendikar Rising came out. So, it was, it was see... It was fun to see that build. And he's the only one that brought it. He's the only one that brought it, mm -hmm. which I was, well, not... Ex well, I was actually pretty surprised. I was surprised that... I thought it was a pretty good fit against Omnath because since Uro's gone, uh, you can do a lot more milling and stuff, and, and you can you can get right. through that deck, especially because that deck draws a ton of cards. Um, that's the thing, right? I don't I don't think I ever saw him win by milling, and he I don't wasn't think that's milling. That's his plan. Yeah, he, he's milling just enough to turn on into the story and drown in the lock. Yeah, which when they have enough cards in their graveyard, both those cards are busted. They're so. Awesome. So, so he has this interesting deck of kind of these mediocre to bad cards when the opponent doesn't have enough cards in Graveyard, but then he's just playing a busted control deck yeah. when they do. Basically, just kind of one for oneing everything, but mm -hmm. some of his cards will, like, he'll get up a card because of different things. Um, it, and then those, eventually he has a four mana instant speed draw four. Yeah, and then, you know, he just gets to outvalue people, which is... Quite interesting. Really cool deck. Yeah, really cool deck. Kind of towed the line between just a blue-black control mill deck yeah. and a blue-black rogues deck. Yeah, and every card was so like cheap because mm -hmm. he also had Lurus as the companion. Right. And it was just 
That being said, he lost autumn. That's true. <laughs> he did lose. But so did everyone uh, else at that on that day. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> um, Girl Adventures, man. Holy crap. Yeah. That, I that deck actually showed up. Um, so the build is Emma Handy's build. Okay. Uh, I saw this on Twitter. So she had uh, built the deck like nine hours before deck lists were due. Wow. Uh, or had the idea to build it. Oh, they, okay. Uh, so, Even uh, tighter. Yeah, so Emma Handy, uh, Autumn Burchett, Luis Salvato, and then there was one other person um, that was on their team. I can't remember their name. Was right it now. Austin? It wasn't Austin. Austin played on math. Because, yeah, because yeah, yeah. right. uh, Austin's teammate was uh, Aaron, Aaron Gertler. Right. And they they, they dominated. Yeah. <laughs> they dominated, right? Um, but so this was Emma's build, uh, and they were working as a, a, a group, and Emma had decided that she was going to go gruel, and apparently every hour she would just post a new deck list the th- of the what thing that they were going to do. immediately struck me about their deck list no questing beasts. No questing beast and to me no lucky clovers. Yeah, so it Gruel Adventures usually didn't play lucky clovers. If they did, they'd play a copy or two. Yeah. Because uh, Adventures is kind of a misnomer. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it it has it's just a Gruel beatdown deck yeah. that has this uh, drawing cuz the problem with those decks is sometimes you run out of cards. Yeah. So they play a Dwell Keeper because a lot of the cards you want to play like Lovestruck Beast and uh, Bone Crusher Giant mm-hmm. are adventure creatures. Yeah. And anyways. so you just get to draw off of them? Right. Um, so you just play this one drop, which is, you know, it's a 1-1 one, one for 1. It's subpar on its own. Yeah. But with so many of your creatures, I think something like 12, mm-hmm. uh, with Rimrock Knight as well, mm-hmm. you you get to draw cards. So they usually yeah. don't bother with Clover just because they don't have enough adventure creatures yeah. to make that worth it. And you're not trying to get... Because most of the time, the Lucky Clover... Uh, is used with the Bone Crusher so that you can stomp for four. Right. And then you can hit Omnath with it. That's yeah, kind of why a lot of people And in the Adventures decks, they have uh, Brazen Borrower exactly. bouncing multiple things. So, um, But it's just an aggro deck. I think it can't afford to play an art, two-mana artifact that yeah, doesn't that does attack. Nothing. Yeah, it doesn't attack, doesn't do anything. Uh, but no Questing Beast. Questing Beast's kind of been a staple of red-green aggro decks forever. Yeah. It's just... So they just decided they didn't need it, and they could. And for the most, I mean, move their mana curve down a bit until the top eight. Um, that deck was crushing. I right. mean, uh, I mean, it helps when Autumn Burchett plays your deck. It, 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 yeah, that's true. Uh, if Autumn Burchett's playing your deck, I'm sure, or has decided to play your deck, yeah. uh, they will just rip through everyone. Um, but yeah, after that, I actually immediately I watched. That deck play, I just took the list and imported it straight into Arena, and nice. I've been crushing with it. I went, I was stuck at Platinum Four for a while, and now I'm in Platinum Two, going into Diamond soon, probably. Great. Um, so you just had all the cards for it already. Uh, I didn't have all of them. Okay. Um, I there were a few I needed, but I didn't have to do anything. Most crazy. of the cards are kind of staples you want anyway. Exactly. If you didn't have Bone so didn't Crusher feel... Giants, you're gonna want Bone. Yeah, Crusher and that's that's kind of how I felt. I was like, yeah. well, I might as well just get some more Bone Crushers and stuff. Right. Um, so I'm fine with that, uh, and it didn't have any of the banned cards, which was great. Um, so it just becomes probably the best deck right now that we're right. looking at. Um. And what did you think about Historic? Was there anything that jumped out to you? Or? I like the Neoform deck. Okay. I think that one's fun. Yeah. I think it's pretty funny. Um, it didn't do super, super well. Um, no, but one of the matches I really enjoyed uh, in Historic was Ken Yukihiro, who was playing that deck. Yeah. And he was playing against Gabriel Nassif. Oh, I didn't see this one. Uh, Gabriel Nassif had uh, four-color control. Mm. 
it's a pretty bad matchup for Ken. It's that mm-hmm. I mean that he's getting thought seized. He, yeah, yeah, yeah he's terrible. getting Yasharm. Yeah. So there's Graf Digger's cages involved here. Yeah. Um. So, but Ken won game one, and game one is I mean he lost the match because the next two were sideboarding games, mm-hmm. and Gabriel kind of ran him over. Has the, has the tech for it. Yeah. But uh, in game one, it was kind of, Ken just wasn't finding the combo pieces to put mm. it together. I mean it, he was getting thought seized and yeah. stuff like that. But uh, Gabriel Nassif wasn't really finding a way to win the game himself. He found an Uro, and that got dealt with mm-hmm. and stuff. But Ken's sitting there, like, abrading Uro and then copying it with Dualcaster Mage to kill the Uro. And it's just this <laughs> ridiculous long game. <laughs> the announcers are wondering if Ken has enough stuff in his deck to combo out. Yeah. And then, eventually, Ken finds his Uro and really threatens to win this the long game because he now has, what, like, 15, 16 cards in his graveyard. This yeah. Uro's coming back and back and back. So uh, Gabriel Nassif has to use a lot of resources to deal with the Uro, and then Ken just combos and wins. <laughs> <laughs> this is a really nice game. Um, that's kind of what you... like. <clears throat> a lot of people say things about combo decks, but I think that's that's a nice... Yeah, like, it was... Fight to like... Oh, it was a great game. I know what your combo is. You know what my combo is. You're trying to stop right. me. I'm trying to and get it. I think it. a lot of players from either seat would have lost that game way earlier. Exactly. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's what I mean. Um, yeah. I just think it's so fun. I mean, I don't play a lot of combo myself. I don't have... I can't actually play the deck because I don't have all the pieces yet. Right. Um, but it is sitting in my... And Stormcaller. Yeah. I, I, a, I can get more... That's mythic. a mythic. Yeah. I would, so I have this problem. I have tons of mythic wild cards and right. not enough rare ones. Um, so I could totally craft as many of those as I needed. Right. I just I don't have the. Other you used pieces. all your rares to get the mana base. Yeah, the mana the base. So I don't, yeah. So I spent all my rares on land. So I don't have any dual casters. I don't have a lot of other pieces for that deck. So um, <clears throat> waiting until I can find a time where I, I have a, a little bit of extra extra. Sure. Cards. The deck needs to evolve a bit. It didn't. It didn't look that good. It just looked kind of a tier below the Everyone, other decks yeah. in the event to me. Um, it just and, looks and fun. Ken is kind of a master of, of weird decks. Ken, yeah. Ken Yukihiro always. I was going to talk about this of my, the players I was really looking forward to watching. Oh yeah, this but Ken Ken's on my list. When I when I there's a new event, you know, and deck lists come in kind of a few days before the event or right at round one. I think they're published. Maybe. Yeah. I always scroll through to see what Ken submitted because, mm-hmm. you know, he's he submits Neo Storm or he submits <laughs> like. Uh, I was a little disappointed, a couple, you know, at the Mythic Invitational when he submitted Goblins. Oh, but, uh, and you're like, oh. But he was the only Goblins player to make the top eight. Um, but, you know, he always has, like, black-white auras or something. Yeah. He's the only one that can win a Grand Prix with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he always That's has awesome. a weird deck, and That's uh, great. he's the only one that can pilot it to success. But, yeah, I will uh, definitely look out for his name now, because I was not <laughs> familiar with with um, his name. I mean, I'm pretty new to all this stuff. Yeah, so. and he's usually in, like, the Japanese events. That's like, Remember yeah. when they split the Pro Tours into, like, European and Jap- Japan? Oh, exactly. yeah. But now, I mean, they're doing a lot of stuff on Arena so they can kind of exactly. push now a bunch of people together. Involved. Yeah. yeah, which is awesome. And it also just, like, is a really nice uh, way to view it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it will be nice eventually where we can kind of see both person's hand at the same time a little bit better than it is now um, yeah and, and, and there's some delay because they often use the other player's stream to see their hand yeah but then cards are leaving the person's hand before they're before. played on the screen yeah so so you don't exactly know it i think it also has this weird thing of like um whoever is on bottom you 
feel like you're rooting for them. Right. Because yeah. it looks like what how you play the game mm-hmm. right so eventually i'm sure that they'll, they'll figure something out or, or have a viewer mode yeah maybe there's a viewer where you can left kind to of right or something like or that. you get to pick who you're watching or whatever yeah um true like maybe there's three cameras this will all be built in i think there's gonna hopefully. be uh they they're gonna work kind of more with it but um for the time being i think it, it was a great way to to just spend the, the last uh, or the, the weekend kind of jumping in and out, finding matches, keeping score, seeing who's still right. undefeated or anything. It, it was nice. I liked it. Yeah, so I can kind of tell from what you're saying, but what players were you looking out for? Yeah, so <laughs> so Autumn Burchett, um, I watched them play uh, Mono Blue before when they won. Oh, that's uh, so now I'm the, so, the Grand Prix, right? Yeah, the Grand Prix. So now I'm... There's a semifinals or something where they played against Reed Duke in the mirror match. Oh. It was one of the best matches of Magic it's insane. I've, I've ever seen. Absolutely insane. Definitely go watch that. Mm-hmm. But uh, but now I'm just... Uh, I'm their fan. Like, yeah. I follow them on Twitter. Yeah, um, I'd never heard of them before that event. Yeah. And then I just start... And I think I didn't really like them on a blue deck because mm-hmm. <laughs> they dunked on me on Arena so. But uh, And I watched them play it, and I was just, oh, they're just playing the stupid mono blue deck. And then I watched them play, and I was like, no, they're amazing. They are amazing. They were making such um, like plays you wouldn't think to make. You yeah. Know, like not attacking with something that has, uh, what was that enchantment that if you don't uh, attack, it falls yeah, off? Yeah. Uh, curious obsession. Curious obsession, right? Yeah. They just didn't attack with it, and then when they showed Reed Duke's hand, it's like the perfect play not to attack because they, and so they just let it fall off. It was yeah. just such an unintuitive play, and they they did that time and time again, and eventually won this grueling match with Reed Duke, who's you know an amazing player himself. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So now, uh, anytime Autumn's in a tournament, I'm gonna watch them. Right, uh, and uh, that's that's there was one Star thing. City event where they brought this like mono blue uh, devotion combo deck. They didn't end up doing that well, but I guess they had a Twitter feed of do I play boring Sultai or do I play like these other oh, decks? And, 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 uh, and Twitter voted picked. for mono blue combo. That's so funny. Playing that, that's great. Um, but with that, I mean, a lot of the decks that ended up in the top eight. Um, had some similarities, right? Yeah. Um. So I was similar. Like I was, watch- I was looking out for Seth Manfield, Autumn mm-hmm. Burchett, Ken Yukihiro, and I've also become a bit of a Luis Salvato fan after the Mythic Invitational. That's pretty cool. Um, I, I I also kind of look out for him. He he was really doing well in that event. He didn't end up winning it. He did make top eight, mm-hmm. but it was just very cool to watch him. You know, you could see him on screen, and he was very calm and during the game and then he would he'd go crazy when he won and you know i like to see that kind of enthusiasm so that event made me a luis salvato fan it it corrected the the negative opinion i had of him negative strong but uh, when he won with the uh, lantern of insight combo deck oh i hated that deck and so i i hate it was like annoyed that luis won with it because I knew I would see it all over Magic Online. Oh after yeah, that. that that is true. That is that that um, that will happen. Right, but he would. I mean, that's a very tough deck to pilot, and mm-hmm. he he showed a master class in it. But there was even he was playing against uh, Jerry T in the finals. I know we're diverging because we're talking about non-arena. Sure, 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 sure. But uh, there's a point where Luis just plays this artifact, and Jerry T looks to the, I don't know, the organizers, and says, "Is it okay for me to concede now?" Because, I mean, 
he knows that it's going to be another 28 turns before Luis wins, but he knows it's essentially inevitable. But he wanted to make sure, like, this is the finals, the Twitch stream, will they understand? Mm. Will, you know, is it okay? Do I have to do, do this really? Yeah. So he's saying, no, 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 concede, it's okay. <laughs> but that's the kind of level that he knows Luis is not going to make a mistake, and yeah. that the only way he wins from there is if Luis makes a huge mistake. Yeah. So, uh, that deck was a total nightmare. Yeah, obviously I've, Luis was a master. I've definitely heard about it. I don't know a lot about it, but I've heard it's a nightmare. Yeah, but then he brought this Rakdos Arcanist, <laughs> and now I'm totally on board with this synergistic mid-range deck that yeah. he brought. That deck's sweet. Yeah, it is my favorite historic deck, by the way. Christopher Larson brought it. I don't <laughs> think it was a good pick, but I just love that deck so much that I selected it as my favorite <laughs> historic deck of the event. Oh. But with that, I we just want Kroxa to be good so bad. Kroxa is pretty good. It's just okay. <laughs> I, I think it's, it's no Uro. It's not Uro, but it's still pretty good. Yeah. They're, like you, if if there's a Kroxa in the the yard and they can play it, and it's just like, and then they get Lurus out or something, and you're just oh, like, oh, that's yeah. For a while, it was just eating so much incidental Uro hate. You know, everyone had to be able to hate on Uro, remove yeah, it exactly. from the graveyard. That Kroxa was kind of was kind of got it, or or people liked it way too much because it wasn't Uro, right? Um, but man, I I anytime I see it across the board, I'm usually like pretty hesitant. Sometimes it's just anemic, though, right? Where it's just oh, okay, that didn't do that much. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, Oh no, I mean, I'm take playing, three damage. Well, now I'm playing Gruel Adventure, so I'm just trying to, like, every game is, okay, Scavenging Ooze has to stay on the board so I can eat it. Right. Um, and that becomes the game. All uh, right, but we should talk numbers here, right? We should talk numbers. So I had a couple of interesting factoids. Ooh, factoids. Um, I wanted to point out that of, in the top eight, there's only one deck that doesn't have the word adventures in it. And that's Demir Rogues by Seth Mandel. Wow. Because he's, he's not playing Brazen Borrowers. Yeah, he has he's, no adventures going on here. Yeah, that's what I thought was kind of crazy about that deck, too. Because that would... But every other thing in the top eight, Omnath Adventures, adventures Gruel Adventures, Gruel adventures, 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 Omnath Adventures. Um, that was the first crazy thing. The other was uh, Bonecrusher Giant. The dominance of Bonecrusher Giant. Nuts. So I'm pretty sure... So the reason I'm saying pretty sure is that if you look to MTG Goldfish's metagame analysis, they say that Bone Crusher Giant is in 94% of the standard decks. Now with 32 decks, that means it's not in two. But I looked through this list, I could not find another list that it wasn't in. It's not in Seth Manfield's blue-black deck, mm -hmm. because it's a red card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm pretty sure every other deck contains it. The only thing I could find was um, Canister, mm -hmm. Omnath Ramp deck, doesn't have any in the main deck. It has it in the sideboard. God. So maybe that's okay. what they're referring to. Um, but every deck has Omnath except... Yeah. Or sorry, it has Bonecrusher Giant yeah. except Seth's deck. 115 copies. Yeah, is... so what's 32 times uh, 4? Oh, you're the math guy. <laughs> it's 128. Yeah. <laughs> so there are... Of a possible 128 copies, there's 115 that's Only insane. 13 were missing, and, you know, Seth didn't play any, so yeah. we're really talking about nine. And that's people just playing two or three. Yeah. And everyone else played a full four. That's crazy. And that card didn't get banned. No. Which is and good. I, I don't I, think it should. I, and I don't think it should. We'll talk about the bannings in a bit. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I thought those were some crazy stats. Omnath, for example, came in at 92 copies, 72% of decks. Yeah. So, but but the problem is, of course, Omnath, the whole deck is built around Omnath. Yeah. Bonecrusher Giant is... In Omnath. You have ability to make red mana, so you can yeah, so you should. this card. It's in. a good red card, right. basically. It's not... So why would you not? It's... Right. It's not going to define the format. It's yeah. just... I mean, it defines the format in the sense that... Stuff with three toughness looks a lot better. Yeah. Bone Crusher Giants in 94% of decks. Yeah, crazy. Crazy, crazy. Yeah, these numbers are just insane. I mean, Edgewall Innkeeper, 72% of decks, 91 out of 128 copies. Also, if I'm not mistaken, uh, six of the eight top eight players were on teams with each other. So, um,. Austin and Aaron were teammates. Okay. Autumn and Emma are teammates. And then uh, Raphael and Gabriel are teammates. Uh, That's what I heard. I'm pretty sure. the French players. But. <clears throat> so you didn't mention Patrick Fernandez and Seth Manfield. Yeah. So those are the two that weren't teammates with anyone else who was also in the top eight. Right. So a couple of teams kind of figured it out. Figured it out. Um, especially kind of Austin and Aaron because they were in the finals one together. and two yeah. I guess we should mention that yeah who won the winner was uh, Austin Bersevich 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 not totally sure because I was watching the broadcast and I'm pretty sure I heard Austin pronounce his name his last name differently than the commentators were but we but, can't remember exactly what it was and we couldn't find it in the VODs so yeah. Austin sorry if I'm butchering your name but the commentators say Bursevich yes but Austin Bursevich and Aaron Gertler they were on a team together they're one and two mm-hmm. nuts also I heard that Aaron gives away for every tournament he does I don't know if that's 100% true but <laughs> I heard that he gives away half of his winnings to charity. That's amazing. That's amazing. Nuts. I think I saw it on Twitter. And it's not surprising to see Aaron uh, coming in at number two. Mm -hmm. Because Aaron, as far as I know, as long as I've known his name, he's been playing Adventures. I'm pretty sure he was the guy who pioneered the Teamer Adventures deck, or was at least the first to win a major event with it. Interesting. He's been playing Adventures since, uh, you know, Throne of Eldraine. So if there's a format where Adventures is the best deck, I'm not surprised at all to see him come Absolutely. in at yeah. the top. Yeah, they, they were saying actually in the, the feature match at the end, um, a lot of times they were talking about some of those games Aaron was just like not getting Omnath, and most of the deck was just Teamer Adventures. And he's just, yeah, he's doing well. He's, he's fighting back because he's just playing Teamer Adventures. And right, he knows he's got to be the, one of the best Teamer Adventures players in the he knows world, how to do not it. the best. Yeah. So. In the games where you don't draw your your free win in Omnath, you know, exactly, <laughs> you get to his skill really came out to show. It's funny that you mentioned Seth Manfield and Patrick Fernandez too, because that was one of the other games I wanted to highlight. Mm-hmm. I watched them play. I think it was the first round of Standard, and it was Seth obviously on Demir Rogues, and Patrick was on Omnath Adventures, and they had a f- sort of funny, you know, thing in the broadcast where they said they asked each player what they took about historic from the invitational two weeks before Interesting. Okay. what did they learn from that invitational and patrick fernandez said i learned that seth manfield is unbeatable <laughs> <laughs> and then he's playing against seth manfield in, in this tournament and he wins game one and they're like well maybe he was wrong and then seth comes back and wins the next two <laughs> games <laughs> yeah also interesting that um it was also a great match by the way patrick 
played really well, so I don't want to take anything away from Patrick. <laughs> but I did think it was interesting because so in the Mythic Invitational, um, Seth Manfield loses his first game, bla- blazes through the lower bracket, wins the feature match, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't that Boston, also happen? Boston did the same thing here. Same yeah. thing, right? That's Lose right. your first. So it continues to be true. What I've been saying, <laughs> right? About when you play Magic, any place you go, mm-hmm. um, if you're in a draft or whatever, um, lose your first match. Yeah. Just, it's more fun. This, this is your first lesson, uh, yeah. official lesson. A list, from the official regular lesson from us. So this is what I would do. Not, you know, I've already do that. At yeah, I so lose right away. Exactly. So it's not really necessarily on purpose, but <laughs> if if you're having a good time with your buddies or whatever, lose your first match, and then you get paired down into the lower <laughs> bracket, and then you have more fun. Usually, those people they've I don't also know, been, imagine getting paired down into the lower bracket here, and you're against like Autumn Burchett or something. Like, <laughs> no, Whoa. but I'm not playing against <laughs> Autumn Burchett or Seth Manfield. I'm playing against my friends, yeah. and it's great because then you know. I've already kind of lost my sense of like something's on the line. I can just mm-hmm. kind of chill. I can drink an extra beer, not care, you know. Not in your own head. So my, this is just me saying to you, purposely lose your first match so you can have more fun. There you go. Because that's what magic's about, right? Although it is kind of the eternal sports debate, right? If you win your series early and have to take a break, a break, or do you, would you rather be the ser- the series that goes to seven and you're still hot? You want to stay hot. And I- these tournaments, you know, Seth and Austin, both were just playing a ton of magic. So when the finals rolled around, you know, the, their opponent's just waiting for them yeah. for hours. In in Gabriel's case, to play Seth in mm-hmm. Mythic Invitational, it was days because of the, the tech delays. Yeah, so, like, that's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, now, because of the extra days, does that mean that Seth doesn't get an advantage, though? He also took a break. Right, but he played that's that true. day and played yeah, the eight times. That's just sitting that's there for hours. And, and just like from and the last time four. he played was three days ago. Yeah. Or two days ago. Two days ago. Yeah. Crazy. So, anyway, how's your beer? Are you Pretty much are done. Yeah. yeah. I would say that uh, this isn't mythic for me. It doesn't hit, have the nostalgia factor. Yeah. But it's a really solid amber, and I, I love ambers. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go plat, but I'm going to go plat one on this. Okay, I'm plat say one. It's, All right. it's right on the verge. I'm not hurt as much as I yeah. thought I would. <laughs> I think this is great. I think this pale ale is like, just feels like classic pale ale. If I picked up a pale ale and it didn't mm-hmm. taste like this, I'd be surprised. You know? Right. So I, I'm, I really like what it's doing. Um, it is give, giving me platinum vibes because I also... Um, I think it's I think it's good. I'm not a huge pale ale fan. Mm. Um, it's not something I'm gonna go to a, anywhere and, and reach for. Right. I do like it though. It's the bar by which pale ales should be measured. I exactly. Think. Yeah. yeah, I think that's good. And with that, I think we need another beer break. Let's get another. Let's get another one. So, uh, uh, Jeff, what, which one did you pick there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I grabbed a fat tire. <laughs> yeah, my you last did. Beer here. Fat tire for the win. Yeah. I think the tiebreaker was just, you know, that extra 1%. It's the extra 1%. 0.1%. 0.1%. Yeah, 0.1%. Yeah. Right? So, mm. always good. It's good. You know, I just don't get to drink a nice amber ale as often as I get to drink a good pale ale. That's right, because so. people don't make a lot of ambers. Why? No. I don't know. What, what's that about? They'll make, you know, 14 different IPAs. Then you yeah. ask if they have a red ale on tap. What? Bread? Why would I do that? Why would I drink bread? I don't get that. I love... Yeah, this is something... 
before we talk about what we're going to talk right. about. Before we talk about um, magic. Yeah, yeah, before we talk about magic again. Beers. Mm. What are your favorite beers? So, just styles. We don't need to get into all the nitty gritty. Yeah. The one thing I'll say is that uh, this is something one of my best friends told me. Uh, and I've sort of stolen it. Wait. <laughs> he said, I'm, I'm not a beer snob. I'm a beer geek. So... I like all beer, to be honest. You know, I'll make fun of somebody for drinking a Coors Light, but I'll drink a Coors Light yeah. too. You know, that's fine. <laughs> that's that's a beer. Yeah. And uh, so, any beer is really. Sometimes you just want a nice cold beer. Yeah. To you know, play through platinum with. Exactly. But my favorite styles tend to be the in-your-face styles. So I do like the big IPAs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my number one favorite style would be like a Russian Imperial Stout. Okay. We're talking like, you know, All right. 11, I'm with 11% that. Stout, the first sip punches you in the mouth. Yeah. You know? Like you're just, your taste buds aren't ready for that. Yeah. And then they start to acclimate. You know, <laughs> that's my number one. I have some great recommendations for you for Canadian beers for that. Ooh, I will actually like to hear that list because if the word imperial is in front of something, usually I will take it. Yeah. Because they are crazy. Um, though IPAs are usually not my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. I actually um, I only started drinking them when I moved to Canada and was too poor to buy other things. So I needed to, if I was going to have a good night. Mm-hmm. I had to be drinking IPAs. Right, because they're more expensive, but they're 2.5% more. A little bit not, more expensive. They're not 50% more yeah. expensive. So yeah. I I will pay, I'll drink two beers and have three beers worth of a night, Sure. Essentially. Um, and that's kind of why I got into it. It was like, I don't love this, but I appreciate what it's doing. Yeah. And that's kind of how I feel with that. Plus at Draft and Draft, they used to sell five exactly they were five dollar pints of Fain du Monde, yeah, so which is a nine percent Belgian triple yeah. from Montréal. Yeah. So you gotta get your money's worth there, yeah. man. That's oh, one man. of the best deals in the city. Well, it's also that your draft kind of goes to shit. Well, yeah, yeah, by round three, you don't know what the hell's happening. <laughs> you don't know what's going on. What? Is it my turn? Do I draw? Did I play land yet? You who, know. who won that match? Hey, who won that match? Who gets know. the pack? You know? I've uh definitely done that a couple times there. Yeah. But with that um, some big news in uh, the magic right. community. So there was a banned and restricted announcement yesterday. There was a big one. So it, why don't you tell us what happened in Standard? So basically Standard, um, the the most important card that had to get banned was Lucky Clover. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Omnath, Locus of Creation. That's the card that got banned. Um, that's the one everyone was uh, yelling about bef- like during previews, basically. This is a card people have been talking about. And this feels so soon. I remember we like discussed the set, you know, because we were talking about, you know, we were planning the podcast when the set yeah. was being uh, spoiled. Yeah. We were both just like, isn't this card the dumbest card it's ever? busted. <laughs> I mean, like, so what I like about this card mm-hmm. is that it is, it is visually appealing. Like, especially the promo version, Dan. Yeah, well, That's nice. not just the artwork, but talking about um, there's some there's like an aesthetic thing about it that feels good when it the, costs the amount of four that's going on. Yes, it costs four mana. It's a four four. It does four things. There, each thing is a different color that's part of its identity, right? right. 
And so it's four life, and it makes four mana. It deals yeah, four deal, damage. Yeah, deals four damage. Yeah. Draws a, one card. It should, it should have been four, it should obviously. Be, yeah, it enters the battlefield, draws four cards. you're going to make this card, anyways. <laughs> but, but basically, that part, the, the design of it, I'm 100% on board for. I totally see it, and I understand why it was made. You understand how this got in the file. Yes, yeah. I understand that this makes sense. Like, when you add an extra Plus, color to Omnath. Plus, it's a really cool story, right? Yeah. Omnath is green, then he's green red, then he's green red blue, yeah. now he's green red blue white. white. So, and especially because the white one comes fairly early, right? Mm-hmm. The ability, the white ability, uh, which is gaining for life, of course. Um, I, I think I think that the design is super cool. Uh, do I think the power level is way pushed and the card's busted? Yes. Right. Did it need to be banned? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, was it cool and did I like playing with it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, of course it was fun. Yeah. Um, I, craft, I, I crafted I crafted yeah. a bunch. Yeah, I played them even before it was banned. Like, I was like, let's do it. I even shoehorned um, him, into, him into a draft deck that had yeah. no business playing on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, friends of mine that are like, I'm going to build a commander deck. I'm like, do it. That's basically what it was made for. Yeah. Um, it's, it's definitely what It's definitely what it's made for. Uh, it's a dope card. Uh, it needed to be banned. Um, it's going to be so healthy for the format. Everyone on Twitter is so excited. That and Lucky Co- Clover and Escape to the Wilds are also banned in standard. Uh, I think they're all great bands, and mm-hmm. I think that uh, we're going to have a really healthy format uh, coming out of this. Um, it was really fun to watch them in action, and I still thought the games were extremely interesting and very competitive, even though a lot of the, the decks were very similar to each other. Uh, for sure. The, the the mirror match is still pretty interesting, um, and uh, I I love the tournament. So um, I'm glad to see it go, but I'm glad it was here. Yeah. Uh, to 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 watch it. Go. My my only disappointing thing about this, honestly, is that uh, you know now the biggest tournament of the season was kind of a dead format. Yeah. You can't kind of just copy paste stuff from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the Gruel Adventures deck is still going to work. That's the best one. You take the but Gruel Adventures But even that deck. was, you know, Emma tuned that to be good against Omnath. Exactly. Kind of thing, so. It's still good against all the other decks, to be fair, though. But, right. but I mean, will, it's still the de facto best yeah, deck. Yeah, I, I will say watch out for decks that are building themselves around killing that deck. Yeah, I mean, for I think this, this set of standard bans is perfect, Yeah. right? Uh, if, if you just ban Omnath, Adventures comes in and is the obvious best deck. Yes. So let's let go of Lucky Clover as well. And then there's still some concern about ramp decks. And people are saying, oh, maybe Lotus Cobra. Listen, Lotus Cobra is a 2-1. If you can't deal with a 2-1, you deserve to get dunked on, you know? If your deck has no way of interacting with a 2-1 creature, that's, I mean, you need to rebuild your deck. Just play some one-mana removal. I actually think having it in the format is good because it keeps people honest. You can't build some weird combo deck that has no way of interacting with a two-drop. Exactly. Because this one is just going to roll out of hand. Mm -hmm. And I think people are wildly overstating its power level. I mean, this card has been in modern for years with decks where your entire mana base can be fetch lands, essentially. And people don't play it because it's not good enough. Yeah. So the fact that oh yeah, it's too good with Fabled Passage. Come on, it was in standard with Fetchlands. It was good. It's not the problem. The yeah. problem is that you play Omnath, and then yeah. you, when you fetch, you get four mana plus two more from the Lotus Cobra right. or whatever. If you have doubles, or th- those are the real problems. And I think they're right that the ramp decks might still be too good. So don't ban the Cobra. 
mm-hmm. the one that keeps people honest, ban the Escape to the Wilds, which is a ridiculous card anyways. Why does Red-Green get to draw five cards? Yeah, and keep them for more than a turn. Why does Gruul get to draw five cards? No, it's... get that card out of here, because it doesn't make any sense anyways. Although I think the art is friggin' gorgeous on that oh, card. Oh, I think the art is really cool, and I... I if Would you like that card better if it only let you play them for that turn? Like a classic red... It would just be so too bad. It would be too bad. Yeah. I think the card is a cool design. And I, I kind of liked it when it was doing the the funk the funky adventures thing. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, I'm kind of cheating it because I'm just playing the adventures and then I could still play mm-hmm. those cards later. I thought that was a really cool interaction. But now people are just jamming it into ramp decks as a way to get a second land drop for your exactly. landfall. Yeah, it's like another explorer. It's literally just a draw five <clears throat> out of ramp. Yeah, And it kind of... They said it perfectly in the ban announcement. It bridges the gri- the gap from your two drop Lotus Cobra to your eight drop Ugin or yeah. your seven drop uh, Ultimatum. Mm-hmm. So that's the card. Just get rid of that card, and then it's a much more traditional ramp deck. Because yeah. the the reason ramp decks have been so good is that the flaws of ramp decks are when you draw all ramp cards and no payoffs, mm-hmm. or all payoffs into and ramp cards, the deck doesn't do anything, right? Mm-hmm. But recently, they've just printed so many cards that are both, like Nissa, Uro, Omnath. Mm-hmm. All these cards are payoffs and ramp you. And early cards, too. Exactly. Yeah. It's a three-drop that plays another land that and wins gains, you the game in the lane. And gains you life, too. Right. And all, also the incidental stuff, like, I, I'm pretty sure in the feature match, we saw Austin at, like, eight life, and then in two turns, he's at 20 again. You know, yeah. just from... Playing like, I mean, I, I watched a, a match yeah. in the Star City Games tournament. I think I sent you the thing where it's yeah. Gruul Aggro with like Questing Beast, the Mammoth, and one other creature against an opponent with just four lands and on four life. I'm like, who do you think wins this game? It's the Omnath player. They played Omnath, played a Fabled Passage, then played an Elder Gargaroth. They were just like, okay, and you're I guess, like, okay, great. Yeah, I, I guess it just doesn't matter what Gruul does against this yeah. deck. Then. Especially, yeah. It, it's good that it's gone. I think the bands are great. Uh, I've been very happy with them. Uh, how about Historic? What, what are we looking at in Historic bands? All right, so for those who don't know, the way Historic works, it's kind of weird. Because it's an online format, they have this suspension system. Mm-hmm. They suspend things, and then they that gives them time to decide whether they're going to permanently actually ban this or take it back off suspension. And they've, they've done this in the past where they actually remove a card mm-hmm. from the list which they've done but so with suspended cards does that mean that i can't play any of them or can i play one of them you can't play any of them can't play any so it's not like restricted or anything no but they're not uh committed to banning it yet got it and i think there's some time period on when they have to decide Mm -hmm. i'm not totally sure on that but so in historic omnath locus of creation is suspended okay so you're not allowed to play it um but there's a possibility you can play it in the future Teferi Time Raveler, it was suspended previously, now it's banned. It's gone. Straight up. Yeah, totally gone. No more. And same with Wilderness Reclamation, it was suspended, now it's banned. Goodbye, both of you. Yeah. And uh, Burning Tree Emissary was suspended. They have decided they were, you know, maybe the power level of the format has adapted to this, and so it's now unsuspended. I think that is great. Yeah, again, perfect. I am super down with that. I love Burning Tree Emissary. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you just go burning tree, burning tree, burning tree yeah. thing. But, I mean, come on, we're playing a... 
So what? Ultra powerful format here. It's just a bunch of two twos. Yeah. Is that as bad as like a Muxus? Yeah. Play yeah. Flame Sweep, you know? Who cares? <laughs> that kills them all. Whatever. Yeah. Like, it's not that big a deal. Um, you have much worse problems with like a Hasty Cranko. Right. And different things in the Goblins deck or any, any of the other decks that are in. So this is a, a great example, I think, of the suspension system. Yeah. Working well. Um, Teferi Time Raveler. Yeah, happy to see it go. Uh, I actually don't think the card is too powerful. I just think it's too unfun. It's powerful in ways that you don't want your cards to be powerful. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. Ultimately, it's kind of like a mana. It's just the best mana war ever because it just comes in and draws a card. It's mana war. Mm -hmm. And the, I played a lot of it because you kind of had to to compete in that format. Yeah. And sometimes it would just come in, buy a turn, draw a card. Mm -hmm. That's it. But as a floor, that's not bad. That's pretty know? good. So the card is powerful. Also gain you some life. I think it's mostly just super unfun to play against. I mean, yeah. I can't play instance now. Mm -hmm. That's just... And, and so many people are going to forget and, and, and then get burned by it. And... Which um, I get. Uh, I haven't had the horror stories you have had with it. I haven't played enough with it to really understand it uh, as much as you have. Um, my, my main thing with like unfun cards, I don't have a huge problem with them. Most of the time when a card seems unfun, I, I just haven't had enough unfun times with it that I hate it. Right. So that, that's the thing about Teferi. Like when Does, I would talk about Teferi and standard, yeah. I would say in terms of pure power level, I think this is totally appropriate power level for the best card in standard. Mm -hmm. You know, it comes into play, bounces something, it draws a card mm -hmm. and then it has upside from there. The problem with it is just so many decks were unplayable because of its passive ability. Mm -hmm. You Because this was in every deck, you just couldn't hope to play certain cards. And it did that weird thing where like, um, some abilities exile a card, you may play that. Now you can't play it because it's technically not like any time you could play a sorcery. So it just turned oh. off cards. So that's what that. I mean by unfun. Yeah, I got oh. burned on that. What's the Chandra from M2? 20 that lets you yeah. cast something from your graveyard it won't let so you many times it. it just wouldn't let me do it and i'm looking at the arena screen i'm like why right. did i just click through that did i make a mistake mm -hmm. and then i see the teferi I'm like, oh even though i'm doing it at sorcery speed because the ability forces me to it's, it's still there's you can ability only play things as in at sorcery speed because chandra's ability is on the stack and when something is on the stack you cannot play something at sorcery speed. So oh, so it won't let anything go on the stack after something's on the stack. That's right. That it is turned off a lot of really cool cards, basically. Oh, yeah, I see that now. Okay. And it's yeah. going to continue to do that. Yeah. Like, the more cards they print that are cool. Yeah, yeah. it'll just do that. That's even... Wilderness Reclamation I hated from day one. <laughs> Glad to see that gone. <laughs> As a commander player, I thought it was amazing. It, I was it's like, amazing. thank God. It's a good card, yeah. Um, however, I don't play green very much, so um, I don't really play it. Um, brawl. Uh, do, I I've I have some brawl decks. Do you have a brawl deck? I think I built one, and I played a bit of brawl in the early days, mm -hmm. but I haven't played brawl in a long time. It, brawl is hard because I forget about rotation. Mm -hmm. uh, so I built I built a uh, Gadrak, that that right. mono red dragon. Yeah. That deck is actually pretty fun because it's kind of aggressive, um, which is Brawl... It's a 5-4 flying for 3 or whatever. Yeah. So. Um, 
Brawl is fun because you can actually play a aggro decks mm-hmm. in like a commander style format, um, which I like because you know in commander they're not extremely viable. Um, and then I also had a Kroxa deck. Um, that was fun. Uh, but yeah, Omnath being banned in Brawl, great. Totally fine with that. Yeah. Being able to play it again and again. I assume again. just everyone was playing Omnath. Yeah. You know. Uh, that and Kinnon. Kinnon is a big uh, Brawl. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. He's a little, little rough. Yeah. But yeah, I, I haven't had a, a bunch of um, experience with that. But I can I see... Brawl seems like a, a great format. I just wish they would make you know some sort of competitive like ladder to it so I could actually feel good about Exactly, it. yeah. Um, it feels okay. Uh, but yeah, it is hard when um, it's not quite commander and mm-hmm. not quite standard. See, for me, I saw kind of Brawl as a way to actually get into commander because mm-hmm. part of my issue with commanders, there's just so much out there for it. Yeah. Anytime I want to build a commander deck, I was like, I could choose this legend. I look it up and eat, you know, there's thousands of people who built it done a bunch of way stuff. Way better than I would have built it. Yeah. I don't know, I feel like the alleged variety is not as large as... It is interesting because the variety is a very um, intentional thing. Mm-hmm. Like, if your playgroup is very healthy... And your everyone you're playing with is focused primarily on making and brewing decks and making things, being able to play with cards that you don't normally get to play with. Mm-hmm. Then you have a large variety of things. Obviously, when you play with them a lot, then you'll see cards over and over again, and they won't feel new anymore. Um, but you won't see the same type of decks that you will if you go to like a a Magic Fest or something, where people are just trying to win prizes. Because right. then they're going to be playing like combo so called the CEDH. CEDH, except for a lot of those are not considered CEDH, I guess, events. They're just mm-hmm. casual events. But because the CEDH people don't have anywhere to go, they go there. Right. right? Which makes sense. And it's totally fine. Um, it just is, it has a lot of, most of the format feels like um, if, if you do something I don't like, then... Uh, I can tell you about it. If you continue to do it, I'll just stop inviting you to play. Right. Which tends, I mean, which also makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. it, it kind of, people say self-governing. That's what they mean. Yeah, it's like um, our theme, man. Magic is exactly, fun. It's, it's fun. fun. Um, although, I mean, it's hard because fun is such a yeah, broad concept. But, uh, you know, if you're not having fun, do something to change that. And so I think that that's a, it, it's, it works pretty well. Brawl is obviously, you have one enemy, so... You know, sure, but it doesn't. Ha- that's the way it is on arena. But it's, yeah, that's true. Well. Just nobody. I, I, yeah, they haven't been able to fire any brawl paper. Uh, yeah, for events. sure. Um, I mean, I guess one of my biggest issues with Commander was the singleton deck building seemed right. so cool at first, and then but it turned you, out it's not really because there's so many. Most of the time, you're just trying to get duplicate effects. things. Yeah. Whereas Brawl, I think, does solve that problem. It definitely does, because you have to play some... You have to play some garbage. (laughs) My Gadrak deck just plays any artifacts that's playable. (laughs) And playables stretch. Does it draw a card? (laughs) Yeah, sweet, okay. I'll play this, like... I'll play anything that will just come into play and draw a card. It is an artifact. I mean, that's kind of true in Magic in general. Yeah. It says draw a card on it. You're going to have to really convince me not that it's bad. (laughs) Gadrak just wants all these, or just like any of those goblins that come to play and then you can sacrifice them to deal one damage or something right any of those guys so that when gadrick's out i can make treasure it's great 
Anyways, I, I assume... I mean, I don't play historic... Or sorry, uh, the Brawl, very Brawl much. Yeah. but I assume this band was good. I'm sure it's good. Um, <laughs> sure, Omnath was dominant. Uh, in terms of, you know, the metagame, are there any standard decks you expect to see now that uh, yes. Omnath is gone? Yes, I expect to see Gruul Adventures right. a lot. Yeah. Because I am playing Gruul Adventures. <laughs> um, I actually haven't seen a ton. I've been seeing... Lots of uh, there's there's the um, there's a Rakdos deck going around uh, that's all that's like Luris Luris Rakdos, but it's it's um, so it's playing uh, Kroxa, but it's also playing all the those one mana one one black uh, life linkers that when you play them from the graveyard they become five five demons. Uh, yeah, uh, that card. Um, a lot of those. Problem with Rakdos right now is it's it's one of the co- color combinations that Wizards doesn't let you play because you don't have a dual land. True. So I du- mean, you have the temple, but you don't. Sure. You don't have a pathway. You don't have a pathway. So pathways. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about them. I I don't know why they picked the color combinations they did, but I know why they didn't do all of them. I know why they didn't put in the blue green one. Well, the blue green one makes sense, but. If you look at the sheet, like a lot of, if you listen to tomorrow's podcast, mm-hmm. that's Mark Rosewater. Yeah. Um, if you listen to his podcast, a lot of the times they're talking about the important things to the game designers and the stuff they have to deal with is uh, cards on a sheet that they're printing, right. right? So when they're doing the modal double face cards, they have to have a certain number of them to fill up a sheet so that when they print them, They'll cut correctly, or or and that's why there's a six-four split. So that's their six, right? right? So every other color has six modal cards, right? I so see. white has six, blue, black. Ah, interesting. They all have six, so that's they, why they, they worked had, out something similar in Kaldheim. So the other four, yes. So they have exactly the right number, so that six lands were able to be printed. I just got to say, there's no Golgari one, and I'm upset. All right, well we're getting another one. You know yeah. that they've talked about that. <laughs> If but, I want to play green black, I gotta play Abzan. But I feel like one, my girl Nissa is getting hurt by this right now. But let's see, in in if you're playing in draft, let's say, mm-hmm. right? So you have you have a white red one, which is Warriors, great. There's a blue red one, which is Wizards, awesome, right? That's all I'm gonna say about that. <laughs> I'm okay. just so they didn't do the ones that are like the party time mechanics. So like blue white is party. Red black is party, like the ones that, party, um, like everything, kind of. But uh, for example, if there's no tribe that is overlaps in blue and white in the party tribes. Like blue has wizards and rogues. No, but there's a blue cleric. There, I know there's like one creature, but I'm saying like yeah. blue is wizards and rogues, yeah. and white is warriors and uh, no, but they clerics. have three different ones. So there's the primary, the secondary, and then the two I get tertiary. that. But the tertiary is like one. So any two colors that overlap in a tertiary, yeah, are what I the limited format has built them into party. Card. The theme is party. Sure, sure, sure. So blue white because blue is dominant in wizards and rogues, and white is dominant in Wait. warriors and clerics. Right. They don't overlap as a tribe. So if you're, if you're drafting blue white, you want to draft party. Red blacks the same way. Or you can draft party well because you right. have access to. And them. you'll notice the blue white uncommon pays you off for party, mm-hmm. right? And red blacks the same way. Right. Um, 
Red Black's like aggro party because mm-hmm. it's uh, uncommon is a mace that I don't yeah. know whatever. Uh, and it had, that's actually pretty good. That mace is I, th- I think it's good. Yeah, I've, I've lost to it a lot. I've never yeah. won with it. <laughs> <laughs> I've played it a few times and it's won me some stuff. But yeah, I guess those are the missing dual lands, right? Sure. Like green black is okay. I get it. Is so, not a try. Yeah. So plus one, plus so the pathways the pathways that we got are the ones for. For the tribes and the, the, the tribes, yeah, yeah, because you would probably play them in standard, right? They, they didn't give you probably, rogues, <laughs> rogues, yeah. blue, blue, black, right? Another deck I expect to see. I mean, rogues yes. will always be popular just because people love it, they, but I do expect it to see increased metagame share with the yes. Omnath. Uh, I, I, I wonder, are more people? I don't know the viewing of this tournament. But I wonder how many people will be playing setsless. Setsless, yeah. Because, like, I am fairly new to this, mm-hmm. um, and I have had a, I'm having a great time playing everyone's decks, and then yeah. and then deciding which cards I don't like or I have it over and over again. I'm like, why is this card in this deck? Either taking it out or doing whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but Seth's list is just so different than other rogue decks. Mainly because you're not playing the legendary rogue. Right. It was a rogue rogue deck. Yeah, it's a rogue. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that that I wonder if we're going to be seeing a lot more of that list. Well, it's not even just having to watch the event. You know, Seth might tweet that's it, true. and that, then that's someone true. retweets it. And, or if you just yeah, if you're just made the top a list, eight, yeah. if you just go to look at and the oh, top this eight. this is a rogue list. So I would it, expect to play against Seth's list. Okay, so most of the time, so it, you're saying that if you see open black mana end of your turn they play uh that that, that I, I wouldn't go so far as to say that they're definitely playing set, set's list but you'd be more expecting to see more counter spells because the other ones aren't right the other thing i wanted to say is that uh, because of the omnath ban mm-hmm. it kind of allows you to play aggro and control again. that is true that's very true now i know gruel adventures it was kind of considered the aggro deck of the mm-hmm. format but as far as aggro decks go, it's pretty mid-range. It's, it's pretty, pretty close to the mid-range barrier. Yeah. Uh, now you can play mono-red again, maybe. I mean, the problem with Omnath is it's a 4-4 four, for four, 4 that gains 4 life every turn. Yeah. So then, like, the... <laughs> mono-red supposed to beat that ever. Exactly. The aggro decks have to count to more than 20, right? Yeah, a like, lot more. A lot more. Like, yeah. twice as much. If they play a Fabled Passage, You're then screwed. they just play You're just like, something else. What are you going to do? Uh, and control had the same problem with, but if an Omnath ever kind of slips under the radar, they're just getting so much value by playing lands mm-hmm. that uh, it's hard for the control deck to keep up. So I think this opens up a lot of new possibilities. Yeah, I think there's a lot of cool decks. What what are the kind of things that you are excited about um, as far as like deck building goes? Oh, I'm a brewer, so you know before even before the Omnath band, I was just playing blue black mill. Mm-hmm. So we got Hedron uh, Crab. No, what's the... Rune Crab. Rune Crab. <laughs> the new one, the good yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Rune Crab. Right. Uh, and Teferi's Tutelage, mm-hmm. and I got some Teferi's in there, and it was, uh, that was a fun deck. And it was doing pretty well, even before. Yeah, yeah it was a great um, deck. I have this awesome blue-black kicker deck mm-hmm. that relies on oh. uh, the 
drakes the nest of drakes maybe yeah roost of drakes roost of drakes yeah. thank you and just a bunch of kicker cards and then seagate stormcaller to double those kicker cards that's disgusting yeah <laughs> i still need to work out i think it has too, a little too few win conditions right Got now it. okay um it's really just relying on those two cards that i just mm. mentioned <laughs> uh, <laughs> most just, of my decks rely on just two cards yeah so. it just sounds awesome and then i have this esper party deck in the works uh i chose esper because i think the best payoffs for party are in blue and white yes uh linval in particular linval for sure and then some of the best party enablers some of the, just the best cards are mm. black yeah so i went with esper the problem is think you have to play that terrible land that's four party decks really you need to play what is it called a uh, boot camp or something yeah it's called some something camp for yeah, yeah. sure uh, i don't know why they had to make that card so bad like why does it have to enter the battlefield if it tapped? didn't enter tapped it would be so much better right anyways esper doesn't have a try land mm -hmm. so i think you might have to, other than fabled passage i think you got to play that um, really how many are you playing four i'd hope to play less than four yeah. but We'll see. I, I gotta still work the mana base, but that's the problem with playing things that you know. You don't have the full cycle of pathways. Exactly. Yet, so. so maybe that deck There's will no be blue -white pathway yet. more relevant when the next set comes out. Yeah, maybe. We so might a, get a base camp. I'm pretty sure it's base. Base camp. camp that's yeah. what it is. I don't want to play that card, but I think I might have to. <laughs> you, two. You can play two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really excited. I've been trying to get something together. My magical christmas land is where i have an ashaya on the battlefield right and a bunch of creatures which makes all your creatures lands yes and then i cast ondu inversion mm -hmm. to destroy all non-land permanents which is just my opponent stuff yeah and uh, it's it just, just plague sounds, wind it just sounds hilarious i just really want that to happen so whatever i can do to get that to work originally i was doing like a scoot swarm thing mm -hmm. except for the it only only uh ashaya only turns non-token i see you found out land. that a Cheyenne Scoot Swarm was not an infinite it's combo? It's not an infinite combo. Yeah. <laughs> if you turn out, yeah, you play, you play one creature, it doesn't just make them infinite. Yeah. Um, which is probably good. Hey, at least the design team figured that out, yeah. right? Um, hey, there's the Felidar uh, yeah. card as well that would also infinite combo if they didn't make it non-token. Exactly. That I'm sounds like fun. I'm working on that one. Yeah. I don't think it sounds even that janky either. I mean, if you have this Plague Wind slash Land card in your deck, that's yeah. decent. I'm thinking well, I'll, I'll have to play... Um, uh, what is it? Black, right? Of course black. I'll have to play, play black, black so I can like... Oh, well, I can play Nissa that way. And cheat in your Ashayas. Huh. With her uh, minus. Oh, oh, with Nissa. <laughs> I thought you meant like a separate card. Yeah, know, yeah, that'd yeah. be cool. No, 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 yeah. Um, but and, and also you have like better removal for the early game. Um, I think this is a really good card. I think yeah, she's I just getting hurt right now because there's no green black pathway. Okay, all right, I, so I can see that. If I guess, you want to play green black, you got to go Abzan. Yeah, but for the but triumph. if I'm playing Abzan, I get the Triumph. Yeah. Then I get both pathways: the the white black one and the white green one. That's right. So, Sounds like we got a deck to I brew think next that's week. A, that's a pretty interesting deck. Um, we'll see how it goes. I, I don't know. <laughs> hey, with Omnath gone, anything's possible. Anything is possible. But with that, I think we are wrapping up on our very first episode. Yeah. Wow. What I would like to know is what 
uh, all of you think. What's your feedback? Tell yeah. us. Tell us some stuff. And you can find us at uh, Arena Regulars on Instagram and Twitter. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, just let us know. Is there anything you liked in particular, didn't like in particular, suggestions for improvements? Yeah, We're or segments or ideas or anything. Right. Um, we are starting. This is the thing. We're doing this. We're doing it's it. happening. <laughs> we made one. It's great. And with that, I say cheers to you as cheers. I finish my beer. Me too. All right. Good night. All right, that's fine.